0: You're listening to the Fitness Matters Podcast with Paula B. And this is episode number 38. Well, hello, hello, hello. It is that time once again where we meet here on the Fitness Matters Podcast, where we talk about the fitness matters that matter to you. And this one, like all of our topics, matters to you. Today, we are talking about how to see yourself. You guys, I know this one sounds like incredibly obvious. Open your eyes, look in the mirror. I mean, step one, step two, done and done. Am I right? Right. Except for the fact that when we look in the mirror, sometimes, sometimes I happen to know all y'all, don't always see yourself as nicely as you could. As nicely as I personally think you should. And I'm going to issue like a super, super, super quick warning on this one. That what I am talking about today is what I would consider... I guess, a normal amount of insecurity. I work in the fitness world. I hear and am privy to a lot of insecurities and a lot of talk about body parts and flaws and trouble zones and problems and all kinds of things like that. I honestly don't know anymore what a normal level of insecurity is because I hear so much of it. What I'm going to suggest to you is that if you feel like you have gotten beyond a point where it is simple insecurity or the kind of... The kind of thinking about your body that I can help you with as not a psychologist and not a professional, I highly, highly encourage you to seek professional, psychiatric, psychological care if you feel that the way that you think about yourself is troublesome, troublesome to the point where you can't manage it yourself, where you can't see yourself making changes. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, there's no downside to seeking professional help for pretty much anything ever. It is always my first line of defense when you are in physical pain. So why in the world wouldn't it be the first thing you do when you are in any kind of psychological pain? Having said that, I'm still going to progress with today's topic because I do have, I have some practical tips for you. I have some ideas and some thought models for you about how you can see yourself maybe more positively than you do right now. And I bring this up because as I mentioned, oh my goodness, you guys, you guys. I cannot tell you how often women want to point out their flaws to me. It's something that I actually find super fascinating and I'm going to give you one example, but I will tell you I actually I have probably definitely dozens and maybe even hundreds but i'm going to point out one specific example for you because it was in my opinion rather extreme and also there's literally no way that this person is listening to this podcast because i'm pretty sure she's still in jail ah yes <laughs> so i had i had this client way 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 back in the day this was literally my first non friend or family paying client. My first, my first non paying client when I very first got my, my personal training certificate was my mom, which is part of why I like working with the older population, <laughs> one might say politely, is because my very first client ever, I mean, she was, gosh, was she, how old is she now? She was in her very late 60s when I first started working out with her. And so it really opened my eyes about working out with women of different ages and different fitness levels and, and all kinds of stuff. So, I mean, it was it was very eye-opening. She was a fantastic first client. She did not, however, pay me. so So she wasn't maybe a great first client. And then I started working with my sister and I also worked with my very dear friend, So my first, I mean, my first two clients were non-paying, my mom and my sister. And then, and then my friend was a paying client. And I'm pretty sure I offered her a friends and family discount. So my first actual paying non-friend or family client was this woman. And I have no idea how she found me, but I vividly remember going to her house to meet her to do like the initial consultation and to talk about you know, what she wanted, what her goals were, and all kinds of stuff like this. And bear in mind that I am a brand new personal trainer. I mean, brand new. I've been, you know, quote unquote, in business for myself, but making zero dollars. I've been in business for myself for probably about five months at this point, and had really very, very, very little experience, and had... Well, almost zero experience of going to people's houses and working with them. And, I, and it's so funny to me now. I mean, this is kind of beside the point, but it's so funny to me now to think about how I used to talk to people about setting goals and what they wanted for themselves. And, and I didn't at the time have the language or the experience or my own thought model about not approaching your body as a problem to be solved, not approaching your fitness as something to be fixed. And so while I was having this conversation with her and she was pointing out parts of her body that she didn't like, on the one hand, it seemed very normal to me because that is how, that is how I thought at the time also. That is how even, even my personal training certification sort of treated bodies as things to be fixed and molded in a way that you know we would be happy with them when they when we were done. And so I'm listening to this woman who by the way her entire condominium was floor to ceiling mirrors on every wall. And it was a small condominium, so at the time I was like, oh, okay, you know how you make a small space seem bigger is by having a lot of mirrors, but it was very odd. And so she's pointing out all of these flaws and she's you know, pulling up her shirt and grabbing her stomach and standing up and showing me, grabbing her her, her rear end and grabbing her arms. And I need to let you know that this woman was a perfectly healthy weight. And while she was showing me her problem areas and her flaws and things that needed to be fixed, I kept thinking to myself, I don't know what the problem is here. Like I'm listening to her telling me this, but not, not understanding it on anything other than a, a sort of intellectual level. Like I can hear her saying the words, I understand what she's saying, but not fully grasping, like, why this was problematic for her. And I've had my own issues with seeing my body a certain way. I've had plenty of of experience, both personal and with other people, with body dysmorphia and eating disorders and disordered thinking in general. Like, I, I understood what I was seeing and what I was hearing on some level, but there was also a part of me that was a brand new trainer and was thinking... I'm in business and I'd like to make some money so I feel like I could help her. So we start, you know, we sign up the contract and set up the times when we're going to work together and I go for our very first workout. And I have set up for her a hit workout that I had practiced on myself because that's what I used to do for all of my workouts was practice them on myself before I made my clients do them just to kind of see how hard they were. And I had thought that it was a pretty difficult workout. And she spent the entire workout looking at herself in the mirror and complaining that the workout wasn't hard enough. And grabbing, again, the parts of herself that she disliked and saying, When is this fat going to go away, Paula? When will it go away? How long do I have to do this before this fat gets off of me? Needless to say. Maybe not needless to say. But I'm going to say it anyways, even if it's needless or not. (laughs) That was the one and only time that we worked out together. And interestingly to me now, as a business person with some really good boundaries in place. She actually fired me. (laughs) I find that so interesting because I should have run screaming from that apartment, but I simply did not have the experience or the... I'm just going to say experience, but some of it was simply I didn't have the confidence in myself to know that this was just not a situation where I could help her. So she called me maybe an hour after our workout and she was like, this just isn't going to work out. I want my money back. And so I gave her her money back and it was totally fine. And then here's the part that we started with. About a month, no, it was probably a couple of months. It was at least a couple of months later. I saw her photograph and name, so I know for sure it was her, in the local newspaper because she had been arrested for scamming older men out of money and it kind of brought this whole everything all together for me with who she was and why she was desperate and lots of lots of things going on with her mindset that 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 really became very clear when i saw what she had been doing with her time and how she was making the Enormous amounts of cash that she was able to hand to me when we signed our contract. And it was, ah, it's a really funny and interesting story to me now. But as I mentioned, I could actually share, I could actually share lots of these stories. You guys, you really want to show me your flaws. You really want to show me the parts of your bodies that you don't like. You really want me to see what you see. When you look at your bodies and you, for some reason, want me to corroborate that your body is a problem or that it has trouble zones or it has things that need to be fixed. And I want you to know, I've been doing this now, been doing this now for a lot of years. That was way back in 2012 and I was actually, I had worked in fitness, not for myself, but I had worked in fitness for a couple of years before that. So I've been in fitness for 10 years now, a little over, and I simply do not see the problems with your bodies i just don't i have to tell you i have seen a lot of bodies i have seen a lot of shapes a lot of sizes a lot of numbers on scales a lot of percentages on body fat a lot of a lot of information and every single day i am more and more and more and more in love with and fascinated by the human body. You, my friend, are a walking, talking, thinking, blinking miracle. It is a miracle that you're alive. It's a miracle that you do what you do. It's a miracle that your body does what it does. And I will never, ever see the flaws that you wanna point out to me. And so today, I'm gonna talk to you about how you can see yourself differently. And I mean that both physically and like metaphorically because they are related. Here's the thing. I know, I know that when you look in the mirror and you see what you see and you think what you think, that you think that this is simply a fact. That when you are looking in the mirror, that you are, I mean, sometimes I know you hear your judgy words. I know, I know when you call your body names or when you come up with, you know, unpleasant phrases for certain parts of your bodies. I know you know that that's an opinion. I know you know that. But sometimes you are really convinced that what you see and the way you see it is the truth that it's a fact, that you could prove to me if you could just simply show it to me, if you could just grab it and show it to me either you know via FaceTime or in person or whatever, if you could just explain it to me that I, of course, would see it that way too. My friend, that is the hallmark of an opinion. <laughs> that is 100% the way that you know that what you're saying is an opinion. I'm going to refer you, of course, to the episode Facts Versus Opinions if you haven't listened to it yet. This really is, it's such a foundational episode where it really goes into great depths about the difference between facts and opinions and how so many things that we think about ourselves as facts really, really aren't. And opinions, because they're opinions, they can totally change. Other people can have different opinions about something that we have opinions about. And when we realize that everybody's opinions are different, it really opens up the door to you realizing that you can change your own opinion if you want to. I highly recommend that episode. In fact, I'm going to a lot of what I'm going to say today is going to basically reinforce a lot of what we talked about in that episode. But today we're really talking about about the physical aspect of it, about seeing yourself differently because I know I know that you think you'd like to have a better opinion of yourself. Like I think I think we all can somewhat agree that thinking nice things about yourself, of course that sounds lovely. Of course it does. But then, but then when you look in the mirror and you are faced with what you see, that that makes it really hard to have a good opinion of yourself, right? Wrong. Not right at all. Not right at all, my friend. What you see physically is 100% based on what you are seeing in your mind, and what you are seeing in your mind, my friend, we've already covered this, is an opinion. When you see yourself physically, you are having thoughts. You are not just taking in the visual of your body and simply letting it do what it will do, wash over you. Because if you did, you wouldn't actually feel Anything. You wouldn't actually have any sort of an opinion. But when you take in what you are taking in, you process it and you have a thought about it. That thought is your opinion. And that is what therefore reflects back at you and what you are seeing. When you start putting words on what you are seeing, it I don't, I mean, I don't think it physically changes. Obviously, your body is your body. But it changes your perception of what you are seeing physically because of what you are thinking in your mind. And the way to change what you see is to change what you think. It's absolutely to change your opinion of what you are seeing And so I do have, I do have some practical thoughts for you, a a couple of different practical thoughts. But first I want to talk to you a little bit about what we were talking about, about calling yourself names. Here's why this is super detrimental to you. When you look in the mirror and you see yourself and you start using phrases like menopot, or bat wings, or cottage cheese, or I could go on. You know what? I'm actually not going to go on. I'm going to stop myself with those because I don't want to belabor that part of my point. Here's the part that I am going to belabor. When you call yourself names, you are doing a couple of different things. Number one, you are pulling your body apart into pieces rather than the whole. Pulling your body apart and only seeing one part of it is part of dehumanizing yourself. The other half of that is calling yourself names. The dehumanization of yourself is really super. Dangerous. I know you understand this on a global scale, given the way the world is right now, given the things going on in the world. I know you understand that dehumanization is one of the first things that leads to violence, that leads to subjecting other humans to inhumane behaviors. When you dehumanize yourself, you make it easier and easier and easier to be cruel to yourself. You make it easier and easier and easier to not see yourself as worthy of human rights. Listen to that. Listen to the things you are saying to yourself about who you are as a human being. When you dehumanize yourself, you are putting yourself on the path to actually thinking worse and worse and worse things down the road. And the worse you think about yourself, the worse you will treat yourself. This is where that that first story comes into play. That woman had probably been thinking some pretty dehumanizing things about herself for quite some time. As it turns out, she had put herself in a dehum or I mean, to be fair, maybe maybe there was another another person at play in that whole situation, and maybe I don't understand everything there is to understand about it. Dating older men and defrauding them from money is something that you can do when you have dehumanized yourself. It's something that you can do when you've dehumanized other people as well. When you speak to yourself cruelly, when you pick yourself apart, you don't know where that path is going to go. And I want I want you to stop before it goes someplace super dark. And I'm not saying that I'm not saying that like every person who picks themselves apart goes down this deep, dark rabbit hole into defrauding other people or or even anything worse than simply calling yourself names. But it's not that simple. And that's that's really the point that I am belaboring here. You are a human being. You are a beautiful human being who has rights, who has dignity, who deserves a place on this earth. And when you don't speak to yourself like that, it's sad. It's sad that anybody could do that to anybody else, let alone themselves. So here's, here's some practical advice for how to see yourself. And number one, is to remind yourself really, really frequently that you are a human being. And it really is that simple. And I know that sounds like it's not going to go very far. But here's, here's what happens. When we think something over and over and over again, it starts to feel like a belief. This is where we start to think of things as facts. Oh no, it's a fact that I have fat arms. It's a fact that I have this belly from menopause. It's a fact, X, Y, or Z. Whatever it is that you are telling yourself about your body that isn't something along the lines of "I'm a walking, talking miracle," then then I mean, and really, even that's an opinion. <laughs> It just happens to be a really good one that gets me where I want to go, <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and hang on to it. But the thing is that when you are telling yourself these, these other things about your body, you start to think of them as facts. You start to believe them. They pop up in your head and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Of course. I be- that's, that's exactly the truth about my arms. That's exactly the truth about my stomach. And so it can be really hard to go from that thought, that dehumanizing, picking yourself apart thought to something like, I am a walking, talking miracle. It's not its not a singular leap. You don't just look in the mirror and say, wow, I am a miraculous specimen one day and suddenly believe it. It takes a little bit more work than that. And that's why simply regarding yourself as a human being can be a great first step. Think about it this way. When you, are, when you are in that deep, dark well of treating yourself poorly, of saying not nice things about your body, of picking yourself apart and dehumanizing yourself, how would you climb out of a literal well like that, a literal hole in the ground where you have found yourself, you've fallen into this pit. Well, you're not just going to jump out unless it's kind of a shallow pit. In which case, excellent. Maybe maybe the simple thought of, I am a miracle, would be easy for you. But for a lot of us, when we're starting way down in the well, we have to take one step at a time. Think about this like climbing a ladder. The first step is acknowledging that you are a human being. You are a human being and you have a body. I mean, that is a fact. That is a fact that you can you could stake a claim on that one. You can believe that one right now. And it sounds slightly less negative than all the other things that you are telling yourself. And that's what we're aiming for. We're aiming for one step of the ladder at a time that sounds slightly less negative than the last thing that you were thinking and believing. Now everybody's ladder is gonna be different Everybody's steps are going to sound different in your head and this is where my practical advice kind of trails off into here figure it out for yourself land and I do always apologize for that. But here's the thing about these ladder step thoughts. You need to be able to believe it. You need to be able to believe it so that you can practice thinking it. You're going to replace your thoughts one by one by one. That's the only way to climb out of this deep, dark pit. You're not going to leap out of it in one step. You're going to go all the way from whatever it is that you're saying about yourself or calling yourself right now, all the way to something roundabouts, my favorite, that you are a walking, talking, thinking, blinking miracle. And you might, you might have your own phrase when you get to the top of the ladder, when you see the light that's shining at the top of the pit, when you come out into the glorious world of loving yourself wholly and completely, it might sound different to you. Every step of the ladder is going to be your own, your own personal phrasing, your own personal wording of something that sounds good and believable. And here's, here's the tough thing about this process is that it's going to take some time. It's going to take some practice. You're going to climb out of this pit one step at a time. And while you're doing it, bear in mind that while you are looking at your body, while you are seeing yourself in the mirror, every time you do so is another great opportunity to practice thinking something nice about yourself. And I know I'm I'm listening to myself and I'm thinking that you might be thinking, well, then I'll just won't look in the mirror since I don't know if I can do that. (laughs) And I know, I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to avoid looking in the mirror because you don't like what you're going to see. And that's the second half of my practical advice. Look in the mirror. This practice will be Easier and more difficult by doing both the physical and the mental work together. Looking at yourself in the mirror and seeing yourself as a whole human being is part of this process. When you look in the mirror, and I understand that this can be difficult. I mean, it's literally physically difficult. I don't know if you know how our eyes work, but because we have two of them, we can actually only focus on one thing at a time. It's part of why this process of picking ourselves apart is so easy. It, there's a biological basis for it. It's It's very simple to only look at one part of yourself. I mean, you know, when you're making eye contact with somebody, you can only look in one of their eyes at a time, and then it gets kind of weird, like, oh man I keep staring in his left eye maybe I should switch over to the right eye then that feels awkward that you just changed (sighs) I know you can only look at one thing at a time but I'm gonna have you practice scanning your whole body head to toe or as much as you can see I don't know how big your mirror is we've talked about this (laughs) you guys the mirror in my bathroom is huge (laughs) I can see I can see everything I can see everything And I want you to practice that. Look at your whole body and acknowledge that you have a whole body. Doing the physical mirror work is arguably going to be more uncomfortable than doing the mental work. I, I understand how difficult the mental work is for all of us. But this is a whole nother layer. This, this looking at yourself, acknowledging yourself, and practicing seeing yourself, it's, it's a whole nother level of difficult. And I appreciate that, but I'm still going to encourage you to do it. When you see yourself as whole, you see yourself as human. Seeing yourself as human is the point of this process? You are a human being, and that means that you are a walking, talking miracle, my friend. There's no two ways around it, but you're gonna have to take a couple of steps to get there. Now, the other thing that I'm just gonna caution you about, real quick, is that sometimes, sometimes when we start to do this work, we notice how deep this well is. We notice all of a sudden, oh man, I've been saying some really terrible things about myself for a really long time. And every time I look in the mirror, there's more. And you start dredging up. You start realizing just how many things you've been saying about yourself. And the your instinct might be to beat yourself up for that. <laughs> It's such an ironic thing that we do. You're trying to do something nice for yourself and instead your brain offers you, wow, you say a lot of terrible things about yourself, don't you? (laughs) My friend, your brain is always going to offer you something negative. It just is. It's one option on the menu that your brain has to offer you. Remind yourself that where you are is where you are. You're climbing out of this pit. You're going to take it one step at a time. Being patient with yourself, being patient with this process is part of the process, and it's something that you are going to have to work on simultaneously. Being impatient, like, man, I wish I could see myself as a miracle right now. Why can't I see myself as a miracle? Isn't super helpful. And I know that I know that when I said it like that, it, it was pretty clear that it wasn't a helpful thought. Being patient with your brain and the steps that it needs to take to get to you being a miracle acknowledging your miraculousness it's all part of what we're doing here when you see yourself really see yourself both physically and mentally as a human as a worthy deserving beautiful miraculous human being you're going to be amazed at how little those flaws matter. You're gonna be amazed at how different you look, even if you don't lose a pound, even if you don't exercise, even if you don't pick up a heavy thing or put it back down, or do anything to change your physical appearance. What you see in the mirror and what you see in your mind will be amazing to you my friends. I know this was a lot. We, we, got, we got deep today <laughs> as we do. And I always want to know. I actually, you know what? I don't want to know what your deep, dark thoughts are. Sometimes I do ask you about that. What are you thinking right now? I want to know what is the next step up your ladder? What is the next nicest thing that you are going to start saying to yourself. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear about the next step on your ladder out of the pit. Feel free to leave a comment. You guys, thank you so much for listening. I love your miraculous self. And I'll talk to you again soon.